In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. criminal justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, the police who investigate crime and the district attorneys who prosecute the offenders. These are their stories. And you can stop fucking smiling, bitch, and being a fucking bitch. Because you are. Yeah, you are. And Koa handled this shit. Okay, let's... No, not let. You fucking handle it. Don't have a fucking attitude with me. This is, I'm fucking going to reunion this week. Shut the fuck up! Okay, okay. No, you are shut the fuck up! Get the fuck out! I'm tired! <laughs> hey guys, what's up? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey, Wednesday. Um, did you guys just hear the opening? Um, so. I think I don't need to tell you this. Uh, I'm really shocked if, if for some reason I am the first that anybody, I would love it if somebody's hearing this for the first time, but big housewives news today. Are you, are you, are you seated? Okay. Luann is the center of the real housewives of New York picture. It's not Ramona. It's Luann. Isn't that awesome? Good. <laughs> And also, Jen Shaw got arrested. Whoa! Oh my God, it's happening! It's like it's like mana from the heaven. Rain on me. This is amazing. So, you know, usually, and I got to talk to the FBI about this. They usually pull like these big news drops or anything kind of like really salacious and and noteworthy. It usually happens on Friday. Afternoon, early evenings, but I guess the FBI, whoever they are, has like a different way of scheduling things. So all of a sudden it's a Tuesday, like 11 or 12, and all of a sudden we're Jen Shaw getting arrested. And then from that moment on, it was like, it's go time, baby. I got memes to make. I mean, memes were just flying out of me. It was, must have been like watching a challenged Michelangelo work. I mean, everybody, by the way, everybody that made memes today, we all won. There was so much, you know what, content one today. I'm really proud of all the content that came out of Jen Shaw. And Jen, this is what happens when you are a living, walking meme. 
we start to treat you like a living, walking meme. So let me go into this a little bit more because, yes, Jen Shaw got arrested. I was way off. I was thinking Mary Cosby would be the first arrest from Salt Lake. I had no clue. So... Uh, This is from Ben Winslow's Twitter account. Uh, Here is the Justice Department statement on the indictment of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City star Jen Shaw and her assistant, Stuart Smith. Stew chains, you guys. Part of the Shaw squad. They will make an appearance before a magistrate judge in Salt Lake City today. And, you know, go to my Instagram. It's up in my stories. Uh, you could, I mean, it's literally, if you follow any Bravo account, it's on there. But I thought the... um, the indictment itself reads pretty good. So the headline of the indictment is reality show cast members charged with running nationwide telemarketing fraud scheme. Um, so the uh, United States attorney for the Southern District of New York, the Southern District of New York really puts a lot of work out there with a lot of different cases. Um, you got uh, Peter Fitzug, special agent in charge of the New York Field Office of Homeland Security, and Dermot Shea. Ooh, he's good. <laughs> what if I'm reading this and I'm like, ooh, big fan of Dermot's, Dermot's work. He's good. I'm glad he's on this. Commissioner of the New York City Police Department announced the unsealing of a superseding indictment charge. Jennifer Shaw and Stuart Smith with conspiracy to commit wire fraud in connection with telemarketing and conspiracy to commit money laundering. The case has been assigned to United States District Judge Sidney H. Stein. Sidney don't take no shit. I bet, I bet that. Man, can you imagine Jen Shaw yelling at Judge Sidney Stein? Ugh. But, okay, so then it, it go, this is just so exciting, you guys. Shaw and Smith were arrested earlier today and will be presented this afternoon in Salt Lake City Federal Court before United States Magistrate Judge Dustin Peed. Um, also, do you think Coach Shaw gave her a pep talk before? Oh, I need a Coach Shaw pep talk before I go in to get busted. It's, okay, this is good. Manhattan U.S. Attorney Audrey Strauss says Jennifer Shaw, who portrays herself as wealthy and successful business person on, quote, reality television, and Stuart Smith, who is portrayed as Shaw's first assistant. I Is that true? I thought he was like second assistant. Um, allegedly generated and sold lead lists of innocent individuals for other members of their scheme to repeatedly scam. In actual reality, and as alleged, the so-called business opportunities pushed on the victims by Shaw, Smith, and their co-conspirators were just fraudulent schemes motivated by greed to steal victims' money. Now these defendants face time in prison for their alleged crimes. So you got to also realize, you guys, so this is the United States Attorney for the Southern District of New York, Homeland Security, and the New York City Police Department. Like, there are so many different departments with their hands in this thing. It's wild. So... Uh, the indictment goes on to say Sean Smith flaunted their lavish lifestyle to the public as a symbol of their quote success. In reality, they allegedly built their opulent lifestyle as the expense of vulnerable, often elderly working class people. As alleged, disturbingly, Sean Smith objectified their very real human victims as quote leads to be bought and sold, offering their personal information for sale to other members of their fraud ring. Working with other partners at the NYPD and the United States Attorney's Office and uh, and with the assistance of Salt Lake City, work to ensure that Sean Smith will answer for their alleged crimes. As a result, their new reality may very well turn out differently than they expected. Ooh, I like how this said, as a result, their new reality 
Very clever, very well written. I like this a lot. Um, but this thing goes on about, it's like they're talking about like boiler rooms and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Glengarry Glen Ross or even the film Boiler Room, but basically what they're doing is preying on the elderly. I mean, that's a big portion of their business. That's what Jen Shaw and Stewart and I don't know how many Shaw squad is involved. Um, but think about it this way. I have a grandma. I'm sure you have a grandma too. My grandma's still alive. I can't believe it. She's 97. Um, luckily she has, she doesn't control her money anymore, but when she did about, gosh, I think this is about 10 years ago now, somebody, some jackass like, or explained in these court documents, called my grandmother and, uh, and, and pretty much, you know, sold her a bill of goods and, and got money, a lot of money out of my grandma because my grandma thought she was being told, um, the right thing by a very trusted source. So if you want to personalize it, think about that. That's a fucking despicable thing to do. Okay. So that's just gross. And that is what Jen Shaw is dealing in. So I mean, but there is going to be so much discussion about this in the next couple of weeks. I mean, probably over the next year. Also, I'm sorry. I realized my mic wasn't pushed, put in. So the first seven minutes of that was just me speaking and whatever my computer got. It, It sounds a little weird. So I understand that it does, but now you've got this big, beautiful microphone to hear my voice through. So, um, okay. So I've got a lot of thoughts on this. And I'm going to ha- continue to have thoughts on this for the till the end of the time. I mean, okay, so it is horrific. But the funny thing is, remember when she was asked the question at part three of the reunion, what her job was? And she said, oh, it's like direct to consumer marketing. We control the algorithm. So when an ad pops up, we know what you're going to do. And, I, you know, I was so focused on Jen being an asshole and just kind of yelling at every chance and being really nasty that I didn't even question her job. But if you go back and listen to any of my recaps, I'll always be like, I don't understand what Jen does. How does Jen have so much money? I don't get it. Why are there so many Shaw squad? But this is what's so interesting to me. And this is, this is going to make me a better podcaster in the end because I was focused so deeply on Mary going, Mary is where the crime is at. And by the way, I have not for, I've, I still think Mary, (laughs) there's criminal activity there, but uh, Jen slept, Jen slipped so under my radar because first off, why would somebody go on national television if they're involved in a scheme like this? And secondly, why would you be shouting and screaming and like freaking out and all of this stuff? Like, why would that be your behavior on top of it? But in a sense, it's genius. I think she thought she was hiding in plain sight. Maybe I'm trying to think about it. And then secondly, I think her being brash and loud kind of throws people off the scent of like, oh, she's just crazy. She would never. I don't know. Like, I'm trying to still work through it because I really genuinely am shocked by this. But I will say, you know, we've covered it on the show before we had all those and I started off this show today with one of her voice, uh, one of her uh, being taped by a Shaw squad member and she's freaking out. Um, remember how there were so many tapes released over the last month, different instances of her freaking out. And I, w- I said this on the podcast, I was like, why are there so many tapes? How many people in the Shaw squad are, are like, and then I even said, are people in the Shaw squad wearing wires? Now, of course, I was being a complete jackass and making a joke, but that now is the reality of that situation. I believe that some of the Shaw squad flipped for the FBI. 
Like, I'm not joking. I bet, what if Coach Shaw's in on it? What if Coach Shaw has turned against his wife? No. Uh, so anyway, so I think everybody in the Shaw squad started taping Jen. Like, I think there were multiple tape recordings on each incident. I think everybody in the Shaw squad, except for Stu, was probably against Jen. And that's why so much shit got leaked. And I wonder if the FBI was freaking out when all that stuff got leaked. But I also got to wonder about the state of Jen Shaw. So that's been talked about a lot today, too, saying how angry she's been. And did she know that the other shoe was about to drop. Did she know that she was being investigated? Did she, like, how much did she know and when? Okay, big important questions. The, the main question that I was concerned with and that everybody should be concerned with were the cameras there? Yeah, baby. <laughs> They were there. Okay, so this is great. They were supposed to be filming, and this is from like a, I believe a blind uh, from two judgy girls. And it says, so, I mean, this is all allegedly, who knows if this is real or not, but it says anonymous, please. But they're filming today because the ladies are going to Colorado on a cast trip this morning. All of a sudden, Jen had to leave filming quickly because of an emergency with her husband. Five minutes later, SWAT and the feds were there looking for her. Oh my God, what if, what if Meredith got so scared she put on that weird mask to hide? Uh, they believe she was tipped off, but obviously caught up with her just after that. I have goose pimples, you guys. Goose pimples. Yeah, either that or, or something's actually wrong with me. Um, I mean, isn't that insane? Okay, but it goes on. Let me see. I've got a bunch of information about this. It's, there's almost too much information going on. Okay, this is great. More details. Okay, so this is also from two judgy girls. I love Courtney and Summer Mary, um, uh, so very excited to uh, to use their information. <laughs> okay, so, okay, so I just got the details from blah, blah, blah. That was blacked out. The full cast were leaving for Vail today. When uh, this is blocked out and agents got to Jen's house, she had already left. There were family saying, okay, the cast and producers. Oh, okay. So wait, two doors were locked. So they had to call her. Oh yeah. Okay. There was family staying at Jen's house and agents went through the house. Two doors were locked because they thought she might be hiding in there at first. After that, they tracked down the van and pulled it over. I mean, this is insane. This, they're going to make a lifetime movie of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City one day. I'm calling it now. Jen wasn't in there. Imagine that. Just cinematically, imagine FBI agents pull the van over. We got her. We got Jen. We got Stu Chains. They pull them over. They open the van, and it's nothing. What if it's just a bunch of like designer dresses from the reunion? And it's like, oh, no, we've been foiled again by Jen Shaw. So the cast and producer said she, Jen got a call and had her aunt come pick her up from where they pulled over. Now, this was very confusing to me today because I was like, is this the aunt that that Mary Cosby said, like, that was making fun of, like, smelled like hospital? But then somebody pointed out that that aunt is a double, double amputee and so probably can't... Um, uh, can't drive. So I, I, so maybe it's another aunt. Um, so she got a call and had her aunt come pick her up from where they pulled over. She lied to everyone and said her husband was in the hospital. I bet. Oh God, God, please say they have that on camera and Mary reacting like your husband's in the hospital. Do not come near me. <laughs> 
It was her husband who called her to let her know she was getting arrested. So her aunt met the van and picked her up. By the time Blank got to the van, Jen was gone. The film crew filmed Blank and two other agents walking up to a van, searching the van, and talking to producers. They have a ping in Jen's phone, so they got a hold of her in the car with her aunt and arrested Jen on the side of the road. She's being very, very calm said blank said but she is lying through her teeth lisa whitney and heather were in the van dung dung <gasps> you guys this feels like a deep tissue massage this is so nice all of this information you guys we potentially get scenes of them opening van doors and then Lisa, Whitney, and Heather are there. I bet Lisa's like, can I touch your guns? Can I touch it? Oh, this is great. Can I touch it? And <laughs> Whitney's like, what did you do? Why did Jen be mean to the FBI agents? So then, you guys, we got Jen doing the perk perp walk. And the funny thing is we saw from her social media, she had kind of was doing like these really – cultural appropriation braids like really intense braid work on her hair um and so we see her and Stu go into the courthouse and come out of the courthouse and it is wild like they're all wearing masks which by the way that's what really corona has taken away from us is perp walks where we don't get to see everybody's face anymore that's a damn shame don't you think because in the old days before Corona, we would be mask free and they would have to cover their face with something else. And now it does half of the work for them. So, you know, Jen walks out with her lawyers, Stu walks out with his. And we've got, I mean, that's, I just, I mean, think about the gravity of all of this. She's facing real time here, but then it begs the question, like Bravo, um, they reached out to Bravo. Bravo has no comment because Bravo's like, we're we're dealing with this a lot lately. Like, is anybody at Bravo going to kind of going, hey, guys, do you notice how this keeps happening where like people we're working with, they go to prison and stuff? So you have Teresa, you have Erica Jane, you have, I mean, Dorit, I think is safe for now, but there's so many rumblings about PK's um gambling and and the money that he owes and that's that's proven like he owes money to to steve Wynn in vegas like i believe over a million dollars um so you just never know and this to me was out of nowhere we can all say we expected something but i was more concerned with jen's anger problems Ooh, do you guys wonder like remember how jen was like saying i'm you know uh, i'm treated this way as a black woman and all that but then she's like actually not a black woman do you think she'll claim being a black woman again or do you think she will now conveniently um say no i'm white i'm kind of i'm tongan or she was tongan i believe but i mean we're going to potentially see her like on a witness stand we're gonna see Stu do his thing like i i feel like and by the way this is uh, the fbi didn't mention this but anybody that bought shaw squad merchandise you're, you guys are in the indictment. Yeah, yeah. Expect a call. This is it's pretty bad. You're gonna be you're gonna be going to jail for at least a year. I just I don't know if you bought Shaw Squad merch. That is definitely you've been tipped off at this point. You know I've been wearing a wire against you guys. Yeah, yep. <laughs> for one of these podcasts, have gone to the FBI. Okay, I'm missing out so many, but I just this is it was amazing. You know she's gonna be in 
Charcerated. Charcerated. How would I inch inch? There's so many fun playoff words off Shaw. Um, I need to get my hand. I need to talk to Heather. I need to talk to Whitney. I need to talk to one of these ladies. Like they, can you imagine? I just, I keep imagining the scenes that they got today. And I wonder if there were already fights going in to this uh, cast trip. And does Bravo make the rest of the ladies stay on the track cast trip? Or you're like, nope, you're still going to Vail. But I will say this. I'm pissed. You know, we've seen this with Real Housewives of Dallas. Or no, Real Housewives of New Jersey. When Jackie didn't go on the cast trip with Teresa this season. And I feel like kind of ruined things. I feel the same thing. If Jen Shaw can't go, I mean, I feel like she needs to go. I mean, she's out on, she's out right now. Like, wouldn't it be fucking sick? And I know this is disgusting. I know it's crazy. But wouldn't you be amazed if Jen did this and then showed back up in Vail for the cast trip? And she's just like, I don't want to talk about it. Let's party, you guys. She's amazing. Wouldn't that be wild? Also, I'm kind of whispering because it's like almost one in the morning and my roommate's asleep. And sometimes my voice vibrates through the wall. I don't any. Anyways, it's been a long day, a long day of memes. Um, so the story is still breaking. We are going to be talking about this for the next couple of days. I'm so happy that, uh, to talk, continue to talk about this on Wednesday and Thursday, because there is so much more information that I want to share with you guys as it comes in. Um, there's going to be some firsthand reports. I've reached out to a couple people. So we've got full team coverage here. We've got full team coverage and we're going to keep talking. If any of you guys have any tips, if any, any of you guys send them to me. And also, I don't know if you can do this, but if anybody has voice notes, if you want to record a voice note on your phone and email it to so bad, it's good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com, put it in there and I can like intersperse those things on the shows when I do it. You know, I, w- I would love to hear from you guys or if anybody has an idea on how to set up a voicemail without giving you, you lunatics, my number, even though a lot of you guys do have my number. Um, I, I used to write it down over quarantine on the description and like some people actually read the description and would, you know, the description, you guys, I, I, a lot of people don't read the descriptions, but I put my social security number in there. I put my credit card numbers in there. I put all my passwords in the description. So it's worth, it's worth a read at some point. So today has been a big day. This is all I'm going to talk about. I could talk about Britney Spears Instagram post. I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. I could talk about Ariana Grande joining the cast of The Voice. I will talk about that tomorrow. There's a lot of other things. Pop culture never sleeps, you guys. But today, today, I get to have somebody. Uh, I'm. This is my first time talking to her. I have been a fan of hers. Do you know those people you find on Twitter or Instagram and you're just like, oh, that person, not, I don't want to, like that person just, I really like that person's humor. Like I'm, you know, where you're like, I think we all have that. We all have our ones to watch, like Ryan's ones to watch. And she always was that for me. I, I've known her of her since 2016. And she is an actor, a thespian, um, a comedian, a singer, a performer. She went to NYU Tisch. She is uh, in the, the uh, HBO Max show Search Party. She was in there for a season, and I freaked out when she was on there. But most importantly, she loves the shows that we love. Um, her name is Natalie Walker. She's from New York. The thing I got to say about this interview is that it's a little, the sound is glitchy because of Zoom. Uh, I think the, I think her connection was a little bad. So there's a couple times where 
there's some weird static and I want to warn you guys, I know you're, you know, people can be particular about the sound and I'm going to try to run it through audio processing, but I just, I think the conversation is too good. And I just had such a blast talking to her um, that I know you guys are going to love it because she says some brilliant things, but just know that there was a lag, I think, in the second half of it. So sometimes she won't hear what I'm saying for like a second or two delay. Um, so just want to be very open about that. And I don't think it's going to be something that you really notice. Maybe I'm making you notice it more now by just talking about it. But anyways, her name is Natalie Walker. I suggest you really go follow her on Instagram and Twitter, even though she already has a bajillion followers. Um, but she's going to make you laugh so much. And she is just such a, a really cool mind. And it was another one of those people that I'm like, damn, dude, you get to talk to people like this. Like this was such a treat for me. Um, I can't, I can't say enough about it. So ladies and gentlemen, this is your Wednesday guest, Miss Natalie Walker. If you want it, you can get it. If you win it, I'ma hit it. Flip it, wrap it up and smack it. Look back at it, I'ma add it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to your Wednesday episode. Today I have somebody that I have been so excited to, like, I this is like a pinch me, I'm dreaming moment. I have known of my next guest since 2016, and I was looking at why I, I was like, wait, what was the first thing? And the first thing was on Twitter, she did, um, she said, hope someday... I get to play a lady with a British accent who grabs the man she loves forcibly by the shoulders and tells him he is extraordinary. And then right after she does a clip while she's walking and she's like, you are wonderful. I said, whatever, but it just, it was so prescient. And so like, just, I, I work with actors all the time. I, I, that's what I do in my, like I coach and I teach. And I was like, this person actually knows what they're doing. And they've like, they've like realized the tropes of these movies. And she turns out to be one of the funniest people I follow on Twitter. Amazing on Instagram. In fact, I was just going through her Instagram. She did like a beat by beat. One of my favorite scenes from Magnolia where Julianne Moore yells at the pharmacist. Like I, I, I was like, somebody's like name dropping Magnolia. And that just speaks to my heart. But then she has such clear, concise um, uh, housewife and Bravo takes. I I'm excited to talk to her about all of it. And the last thing, you guys know how I like devoured search party over the holidays while I was sick. And she, she fucking showed up on the show. Like she was on the show and I thought I was having a fever dream from COVID and it was her. And I was like, it's just so cool how cool people, like they rise to the top. Like, and by the way, search party, if you haven't watched it, watch it. Some of the best casting I've seen. But anyways, I've, 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 I've really built her up way too up. She's probably not going to like this. Natalie Walker, welcome to the show. Hello, Ryan. Oh my God. You made me sound so much cooler than I am, but I'm so thrilled to be here. All I have ever wanted is an outlet to talk about these shows, especially over quarantine. I don't, I've I, really I don't, like I come home to Bravo. And we're supposedly in the tail end of quarantine. And I'm wondering what that's going to do to our Bravo consumption habits. It's now a part of my life in a way that, uh, I, I can't imagine going back to my old life. Cause basically I was, I was on board with Bravo from season one of real housewives. I think, I think OC started, when I was like a junior in high school, I want to yeah. say. Um, and I started watching it, was obsessed with Slade and 
Joe and yeah, dude, Slade, Joe, Joe yeah. sleeps, he managed to like really sleep with a good section of the Real Housewives of Orange County. Like, he really made his way around it. He like stayed, he far outlasted Joe. Congrats, my guy. Um, <laughs> but like New York is New York and New Jersey, the early days of New York and New Jersey were so formative yeah. for my friends and me it was all we would quote at theater camp like we would recreate Teresa throwing the table like it was our favorite thing to do out of nowhere and we would get in trouble for disrupting like a group of actual children next to us because we fancied ourselves as being fully adults I love Um, that at theater camp you can't even be the kind of performative actor that you should be able to be at like it's theater camp they should yeah they're like there's a child right there you can't can't be calling someone a prostitution whore, uh, actually, even though that child is probably playing. Yeah, that child is probably playing a prostitution whore in the show that they're in, but they can't know what that is. Um, and then in college, I went to like sort of a. I was placed in a program that took itself very seriously and expected everyone to take themselves really seriously. You went to Tish, right? Yeah. So I was an Adler at Tish, which was very like, we all had to wear all black all the time. Everyone's writhing around on the ground, crying. I am the seagull, all of that. And did you do Spoon River Anthology and all that stuff? Oh, of course. Of course. All of those good old uh, scene study classics. And And my group of friends when I was at Adler were guys who were like super into like alt comedy or were like film bro types. And so I sort of shut down the Bravo part of myself in such a sad way because I wanted to be one of the guys and be cool, like cool girl, one of the guys, which is why I think I, uh, have such a visceral response to Hannah Burner on this season of Summer House because I feel like I see where she's coming from. Ooh. From like wanting to be one of the guys and trying to play it so cool that it has to bubble up. Unfortunately, no one is that cool. And so what happens when you try to play that cool for that long a time is you just go absolutely I, off the fucking wall. <laughs> I love a Hannah Burner apologist. I love that. First off. I'm not an apologist. I will say that. But I think there's something about her that I recognize as something I despise oh, in my past. And so I'm, I'm like, not- it's so uncomfortable to watch. But do you think, uh, by the way, you guys can't see um, Natalie, but she is uh, in front of a uh, summer house cast photo on a zoom. And it really startled me that she uses this for auditions and things like that. But uh, yeah, no. I ca- I'm, I'm logging on next to Carl Radke. <laughs> like- um, okay. Let's, I mean, okay. We got, we got breaking news that we're going to cover, but I also really want to get into like summer house. You know, we got Salt Lake news. We definitely got Salt Lake news and we're going to touch on Dallas. And I just want our opinions on a couple other things. Um, and uh, I'm just going to geek out for a while, but summer house itself i to me it represents the good part of my soul like i love it so much yes. like it makes me it's like an hour of happiness where i don't even like i take notes for these podcasts and i just i watch it once so i can just let it wash all over my body like lover boy just like taking a shower and lover boy yes passion fruit yeah i go back for deeper meanings do you feel the same <laughs> do you feel the same way about summer house or are you yeah like- i here's the thing. I, 
when I say I got back into Bravo over quarantine, I mean, like I did such a deep dive on everything because I sort of kept in touch with New York housewives. Um, I kept in touch with Beverly Hills housewives and Atlanta, but I hadn't really kept in touch with OC in a long time. And I still haven't really brought myself to, because I think like post 2016, it's harder to want to support those ladies that are so aggressive about, uh, broadcasting, uh, their affiliation on Potomac, but Potomac was my first I have to get into this over quarantine. Um, And then it became Vanderpump Rules. I went down the whole rabbit hole of Vanderpump Rules and became obsessed. And then there was a Vanderpump Rules-sized hole in my heart. And I was like, what do I watch next? And a friend of mine was like, okay, don't judge me for this. Like, try Summer House. And... (laughs) I was like, okay, don't judge me for this. this. And I have to say, I watched the first season and I just could not, I could not get into it. And I was like, I hate the Workus twins. So flames on the side of my face. I, I couldn't, it, it, they are unwatchable in a way that is different from other Bravo celebrities to me that I was just like, this is not entertaining in any way. It doesn't even spur um, compelling reactions from other people because they just seem on such a different wavelength from everyone else and not another planet. I love to see an alien on Bravo, but the Workus twins are just like a Pinterest board physically manifested and it's so scary to me and I was very creeped out and so I didn't go back to it and then this season premiered and I was like what the hell I'll just watch the first episode of this season even though I don't know any of these people and I watched the first episode and I was like wait hold on I gotta know what's going on. It's like the guy that went away and then all of a sudden he came back and he was the cool guy. You're like, look at Timmy. He looks great. What's up? He got his braces off. Um, So then I had to go back to season four to see how the Hannah Luke drama started. And then I was like, well, now I have to see the origin story of Hannah and Paige. And I think Jordan is one of the most fascinating creatures that has ever been on reality television. They he's do a so nervous that he's not like you just kind of like I love that they threw him in for a couple episodes last season and I yeah. wish they would do the same this season because how do you like he literally like was like hey he he what did he say last season he was like I slept with three girls today or something crazy yeah. like just something completely just pathological lying and he's just He's like Gollum mixed with Patrick Bateman mixed with Liberace. And it's so, it's such a potent cocktail of a a narcissistic uh, possible sociopath um, that I'm, I just can't get enough of him, of him watching his mega church yeah, on uh, Sunday yeah, yeah, mornings while wearing his Patrick Bateman face mask. It's just so fascinating. And well, it, then you think about his sexuality is that, you know, he he claims that he is, you know, a, 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 a heterosexual man. And that just has trouble getting it up. Because, yeah. I mean, uh, what was her name? Jules. Jules was like, oh, he he um, he fully he fully got it inside this time. And she wasn't joking. Like she was no. she was like, he God, really justice me. for Jules. Also, I really I liked 
Jules. I wish Jules could have been in the house with new Carl and with Amanda and Kyle on better ground. Cause I felt like season four, they were so mean to her because everyone was dealing with their own stuff and their own little micro fights with each other and the only person that was outside the group enough that they could direct their anger at her without anyone else getting mad at them because she didn't have any alliances in the house so like she just became remember that time whipping boy for every every aggression in the house but she wised up to it like towards the end she started like putting her hand on carl's knee like she started playing the game a little bit where she was like I will make my place known in this group. And if it's like with cuddling with Carl at night, like, by the way, we got last season where Carl was like, oh yeah, nothing's going on with me and Jules. She's a good person to cuddle with. Like, I don't have cuddle bunnies or buddies. Like, I mean, I, it sounds awesome, but no, I'm not going in the hot tub and like straddling my guy, like my friend. Oh, that's just my bro, Carl. (laughs) <laughs> just. that's what i'm saying like carl's in this position of like oh good old carl he's just he's like and they've all now potentially hooked up with him i don't mean sex but just making out or something in some way i think except hannah because danielle Lindsay, definitely which Lindsay, by the way you right. guys know i'm fascinated if we uh if we're if we're falling along at home uh in terms of finger banging she's brought it up now 30 or 40 times this season she's like that's her thing but remember when carl she's addicted to finger banging and that's something that i see in myself with Lindsay. <laughs> that's what i was wondering. like i was wondering if young women like if this is if this is taking away the stigma of finger banging i hope so i because <laughs> i i think like there's such there's been such a push for like oh like guys need to go down on girls more but I think there are a lot of women that like aren't super comfortable with like I it takes a lot of alcohol and or weed for me to like not just be thinking like does it look okay down there like is he like I can't relax enough to really enjoy it so I feel like finger banging is like really good and it's sort of an unsung hero and so I'm glad that Lindsay is singing it full out no market so ju- justice for jewels justice for finger banging like yes this is, it is bringing a lot of stuff to light now in your opinion as a woman is it all right to text a woman as a man after 9 p.m. tonight, or is it like the gremlins where they turn into monsters or something? What is your opinion on that late at night? Do you have guys that are friends? I know you're happily with somebody. Um, but but is that, is that just, are you aghast when a male texts you after 9 p.m.? No, but I do think it depends on what the context of the relationship is. Um, like I obviously, I have a lot of guy friends that like will be texting stupid things at like 1 a.m. But like, those, like you up, when can yeah, I over? Yeah, <laughs> non- yeah, funny what jokes like that. Yes. <laughs> I didn't, just so you know, I didn't sleep with her. Um, so obviously in that context, like if they really were just friends, then I would say like, yeah, she's being ridiculous. But I do think he's sort of, playing dumb slash being dumb he's a beautiful himbo about the context of their relationship and so when she says like i'm not the same as your guy friends like yeah luke you brought her to the house 
under with the pretext of wrap box of condoms like a full yeah, <laughs> to like hook up with her and so now and especially that like the text that was sent later on was like just so you know the rumors aren't true i didn't sleep with her so i but so, okay i like i like this point of view a lot because i i i really fell into like i fell into the trap the last not the trap but the last couple of weeks i've actually felt bad for luke because i don't think he's ever been tested where like his looks have always gotten him by and he is kind of a beautiful himbo and i don't think he means anything like like sinister or dastardly but i do think oh, totally that, like, He's not used to being turned down. So he has no clue. So he, he in his head legitimately is like, well, okay, well, I do want to be friends with you then. Can we watch movies? Like, I, yeah. I do think there's, I always say in this, it's like a mice and men. He's like a Lenny. He's like, yes. look at the rabbits. And like, he just is not used to this many people in one small location. Yeah. And his relationship with Sierra is the little, is it the dog that he kills or is it the rabbit that he kills accidentally he yeah, pets it too rabbit, hard pretty rabbit yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. pet the relationship too hard yes. and it killed it <laughs> so you say you res- you res- you understand or you you kind of see a little bit into the window of hannah's soul if you will in terms of how she might be uh you know handling the luke situation and i think yeah I-, I think it's i think it's something that is wild because i think most people have gone through the period that Hannah is going through, like in college. But I guess that's something that again, tennis is her great trauma and it kept her from having a boyfriend to work through Every all this coach stuff yelled at her. Every coach yelled at her, dad yelled at her, Every everyone. Yelled at her. So anytime a man talks to her above a Hertz level of, yeah. um, is Hertz the, uh, gigahertz or HZ? Of, of, like yeah, of, of yeah. sound. Okay. I wanted to try and sound smart for a second. And then I was like, no, she's not a like, woman in sound. Shit, this girl's brilliant. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Karen, NASA. <laughs> yeah. So I totally agree with you on Luke, actually. Like, I just think, I think Luke has no idea how Sierra is perceiving him, but I also see how Sierra is perceiving what Luke is laying down. But I also think that Sierra is savvy enough to see that the rest of the house is sort of not with Luke and Sierra doesn't want to be Jules. Sierra doesn't want to be the scapegoat of the house. And so I think Sierra is sort of playing up her annoyance with Luke her righteous in her like the seeds of righteous indignation at Luke. Yeah. So I think she's sort of playing it up because she doesn't want to be the odd man out and she would be the natural odd man out as the new person to the house. Um, That's totally great. But, But like that, and you're right. I, I see her like doing that because yeah, she does realize it's like kind of a game of survivor in a way of like, okay, if I align with these people, cause that was one of my biggest problems with Sierra is like, wow, she really bought into Hannah's game. Like initially of just like, Hannah was like, okay, Luke, you're not with me. I'm going to destroy your relationship with Sierra right. in a way. But then do you ever think about like how the, in the audience, like, so she's winning that game in the house. All the girls are talking to her. Everybody's talking to her except Luke. It's, but then we perceive it as the audience in a whole different way where it could potentially right. backfire on Sierra in the long run of like, wow, you were just super mean to some dude that was just trying to make things right. You know, is there any play mm-hmm. there? Or am I just crazy? No, no, I think there's absolutely play there, but I think there's also something to me that stuck out to me in the um, 
first episode of the season, I think is when she said this or the second, it was very early on, but I picked up on it. It was, was that she said she doesn't have a lot of female friends. She's not really a girl's girl. And so I think she's trying really hard to not be the girl that swoops in and is like, obviously the hottest girl we've ever seen. Um, truly one of the most beautiful human beings I've ever seen. Um, and she has a skill. She's a nurse. Like, yeah. I, sometimes I'm like, she's why beautiful are you and she has a skill. Why, why are you here? You don't need Insane. to be in the summer house, you know? Insane. Um, so well, yeah, watch, watch I think Charm? she, a little bit. A you little know bit. she's rumored to be with Austin. I know. I did see that. I did see the Demois screenshots, which makes me so sad. Sierra, you deserve better. Also, you're 24. Also, ugh, just yeah, I like just slow down. Like just yeah. think about the nursing and like just you know clean your bedroom. Like it's like, just you got things to do. You know. Yeah, but, you don't need to be six degrees from a rod and that whole situation but that's really the lifestyle of these bravo lebs is that like yeah. eventually this is like a step it's like it's like a uh instagram influencer on steroids where now like like basketball players and football players are getting involved like we're creating right. these like celebrities out of just i don't know just out of out of like gossip blind items and we're creating like these these really like that a rod thing was just huge it's all i talked about for a couple of weeks yeah. That's like the intersection of real, honest to God celebrities with like who've built their celebrity on being incredibly skilled in their industry and in their field <laughs> with Bravo celebrities who just sort of like yes. are well, watchable and nuts. It's you, it's you crazy. Devoured, you devoured Vanderpump Rules and and Jax, who is I most of my material is about Jax. He's just he's he's so fascinating, but I. I it's like a drug where like, I know I got to stop, but then I right. does something else. And I'm like, I'm in, I'm back in. And then he said one time, and I, I think this is Sarah. He said, um, we're like the modern day cast of friends. And I was like, awesome that you think that first off. But secondly, no matter what you think of friends as a show, the writing, the acting, those are six or seven, however many actors that were actors that were trained. Yeah. So after Friends ended, if you guys notice in the audience, you've seen Jennifer Aniston continue to work. Courtney Cox continue to do, you know, like you've seen yeah. like Jax is like, he doesn't realize that being on a reality show is not a skill. You no, know? no. He doesn't realize that Lisa Kudrow with the comeback already predicted his entire career. <laughs> so oh the first season of the comeback, the fact that that happened when it did, and it was like before everything really took off is nuts. She is well, one of the they, geniuses of our time. I just, it's so funny. So that was on my list of shows that I had never watched along with search party that people kept recommending. And the first season I was just like, Holy sh this, no wonder this is kind of like this underground classic. And then they did a second season. You guys, I think it was like seven or eight years after the first season. And it like Andy Cohen was on the first episode. Cause she's yeah. literally like all of Bravo happened after that show. And she kind of was on the forefront of that tip. And it was like a really awesome kind of like companion to what everything that we talk about that second season. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's insane. It's so nice. Actor, what does that make you feel like if you, would you ever consider in a billion years doing a reality show, even if it was about like, well, we're going to focus on your life, trying to like break, trying to really break you, you know? No. 
I, I think even if it's like a Vanderpump rules thing where like at the beginning of it, they were ostensibly trying to make it as actors, um, or musicians or, or whatever. But then I think like, as soon as you're there and there are exceptions, but I think as soon as you're on a reality show, you have that stigma attached to you. And also there's like something kind of laughable about it when we're watching Kristen Doty like do her reel we're like this is embarrassing like it's embarrassing to watch and also <laughs> and I'm just too... her making out with different guys in scenes yeah like, okay intercut that sex with the making out over here oh my god and Tom, poor Tom Sandoval and it's like right after is it right it's after right, or right before she gets slapped by Stasi? it's right before it's like yeah. right it's like i think it might even be the same episode because that's yeah i think it is because they replayed it a couple weeks ago and i saw it on tv and so i knew it was right around there because both happened in the same episode all i remember is they that don't make TV like that anymore that's no. just that's the golden that's the honeymooners right there like, and that happened and then potomac happened and monique and candace became like this firebrand thing of like yeah and i'm like stassi Stassi, hit hold like it was premeditated it's well and i mean i i think you dabble like you don't like i i'm very in with the bravo like really the bravo fandom and that candace uh monique thing it like it like tore friendships apart. Like I saw people like yeah. not be friends with each other anymore online because of which side they landed on. Oh yeah. I go crazy. I lurk. I lurk like crazy on the um, Bravo Real Housewives Reddit. Ooh, I see, I'm not brave enough to do that. Cause it's like, Oh, always... I love that stuff. They have, I mean, I skip over the posts that I'm not interested in, but then I get sometimes gold to find out Avery is, has a job at oh, cameo now i have to talk to you about so you guys <laughs> she had posted avery is uh, like an advisor for cameo and you know how much i love cameo like what could avery like what i mean what's her day-to-day at cameo like i think what if what was the name of her job it was like it was like customer content like it sounds talent like a- reach out person and i'm like oh so you call your mom and tell her to do her videos <laughs> like- what well, sounded like the mob when they give mob like mob guys like a job like you're going to be in sanitation and yeah. just sit during the day but i also wanted to bring that up in terms of daughters did you notice that in the last couple of weeks sonia morgan's daughter quincy <gasps> yes has really like full debutante ball on instagram came out uh with like and is starting to imitate she unlocked she made her instagram public for the first time and she is um recreating famous poses of her mother and with I the was, toaster incredible with the bed with the glasses i was so that made me ecstatic and the french twist like the perfect french twist with the side swept bang i mean she's killing it she's also beautiful yeah she's and it's stunning. it's, she's it's yeah. really heartening to me to see um a grown-up housewife's daughter be like seem to have her shit together and have a sense of humor and like see what we all love yeah, about her mom. It. And yeah, I, that's very heartening to me because I do think the the one thing that becomes a real bummer if you think about it too long with any of the Real Housewives shows 
is when you're like, oh, they have kids. Like they, and some of the kids are more featured in the show to different degrees. Um, But that was the thing with spoiler, the Salt Lake City news that I really, for a second, was like, oh, she has kids. And she has, by the way, she has really upsetting. Yeah. We met Jen Shaw's kids. And of course, we're talking about the news that just broke today about Jen Shaw being involved in a telemarketing telemarketing scam. And her and uh, Shaw squad number two, Stuart. Uh, have been uh, were taken into custody. Uh, they are already released um, on uh, bond, I guess, or bail. And and it's just it's craziness. But like, I wonder, is this going to affect? Like, Salt Lake City w- was filming today. Was filming. She, she said she um, her husband all of a sudden was in the hospital, and she went and drove and got pulled over on the road by the feds. And her aunt was driving, and I was like, "Is this the aunt that smelled like hospital?" But then people were like, "The aunt had was a W amputee, so probably wasn't the aunt driving oh the car." But can you imagine, like, like imagine a Scorsese film with that scene, like you know, Goodfellas when he's all coked oh, out, yeah, and he's like he's like trying to get da, 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 absolutely. Know? He's looking over his shoulder at the helicopter. Yeah. yeah, I would love a Goodfellas remake with Jen Shaw as Henry Hill. I think that's. Well, pretty soon they're going to have a full cast in jail. It's going to be Erica Jane, Jen yeah. Shaw. I mean, I was honestly, I was shocked that Mary Cosby wasn't somehow involved in this. Like, I just, I was so confused yeah. about how she had gotten her money. And she answered a lot of it on the reunion. But I still have questions. But the Jen Shaw thing, for some reason, I was like, she she started saying she did digital marking during the reunion. And my mind just kind of went to mush. And I accepted it. I didn't question it at all. Right. And it turns out she's, she's scamming elderly people. Like she's the person, she runs a company that calls people and like uses kind of strong arm tactics to get people to pay for a scam. And then it's like passed on to other people. Um, all guys uh, in the intro, I'll sure I'll read some of the court documents, but it's wild to think. And about. targeting people over 55 doing the like full I care a lot Rosamund Pike like just targeting older people and scamming them it's just so gnarly and but essentially oh. is it housewives I mean do you do you ever step across a line where you're like well this no this is no longer um you know I, I don't think I could I don't I want to watch how this plays out right I think with Jen more has to come to light but I've I mean, honestly, I do want to see it play out. I feel like a horrible, horrible person, but I do want to see it play out. I'm thank God they're filming. I we have a this is what I've, I've I keep pitching this. Why don't we have a Bravo Action News? You could be like the New York reporter. I could be yeah. like the LA. Like, but like when Bravo News drops, like you gotta like there should have been somebody with a mic with Bravo Action on News on the scene. The have you seen the Have you seen the video of her leaving the courthouse? Yes, it was chilling. She had. Oh she my had, God. She was done up, you guys, for a scene. So she has these like kind of a braids in, cul- yeah, like, culturally appropriate braids, of course. <laughs> and she uh, and somebody goes, somebody yells out, "I'd like to speak to you about your warranty," because uh, it was like you know those telemarketer scammers. Oh my I mean, god! And we know, like, did, did you listen to all those like leaked audio from the last month of like people that worked with her where she was yeah. freaking out? Yeah, like I got like. I got, it's dark. I got hereditary scared during those where I was like, this is yeah. just to hear that voice. 
And I was like, she does this when the cameras are off too? That's not just when cameras are on? Yeah, because I think all of us throughout the season were like, oh, she's doing too much. She's doing too much to be like that housewife that's constantly going off. She's trying too hard to be a meme. Uh, yes, that's and it. Then, she was memeing herself at one point. And then those audios came out and I was like, oh, no, she's living theatrically in real life and i'm scared we always say like with acting and especially like commercials and all that people will be like you know you can always do too much because we can bring it back you know we can we can dial it back you know but like nobody ever dials jen back like jen is always playing so hard that you feel it so like it's almost too much like i love histrionic housewives i love a good like explosion but for that to be the main go-to of your character is yeah sometimes like really disconcerting to watch for it to be the baseline yeah she really never gives herself anywhere to go um and so it's just build the monologue you gotta yeah build the monologue, to start yeah. at a time i'm like it's a ladder babe <laughs> we gotta <laughs> Uh, you can't start up there, but she did. And she somehow found a way to keep <laughs> escalating. So I, but it gives me chills. It gives me chills to think right now there is footage potentially of all of the housewives today finding out about this. Like they yeah. were, they had cameras there. They had lights set up. They had everything. So that apparently the feds, that apparently the feds talked to production, like came and found production first before they found Jen and were like, where is Jen? If we get a clip of that, I if, mean, if we get a talking I head, mean. If we gotta get, if we get a talking head from a special agent, like, could you imagine a full on talking head of like, well, Jen was uh, not cooperative with us. We had to chase her down the road about seven miles. Like I would freak out if there was a character this season, that yeah. was just kind of like a background character that would pop in with Jen, like an FBI agent. That would be so sexy. Incredible. That would be a valuable use of breaking the fourth wall. Whereas the last season of Beverly Hills was just bravo, constant, bravo, fucking bravo, yeah. constant, stupid breaking of the fourth wall. And I'm not that? even talking about Denise with that. It's like the, I remember the scene where Garcelle is waiting for her in the car and the producer is like, yes. aren't you mad that she Aren't, aren't you mad that she left you? And I'm like, I don't need this. Leading the witness. We don't need to see you leading the witness. Yeah, don't let us see you leading the witness because I'm like, yes, Denise's story is fishy, but also the way all of these women are clinging to Denise's story because they're all too scared to show parts of themselves. Like Erica better bring it. Erica really better show her whole entire ass this season and you know see we were told this is why like andy cohen and everybody like bravo like i love bravo with all my heart but like they're liars at the end of the day and 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 he's barnum and barnum and bailey he's like yeah in the circus so he's like she's gonna talk about everything and it's like well no legally that's not even true she can't right. talk about everything so she's gonna hide behind that we're going to get a how she wants to play it plot line like and yes. how she wants to so she's already thinking and she does this with her instagram posts which are just out of this world oh my she, god like she like god natalie i got like four hours to talk to you about this like i'm like i'm like oh my god we gotta talk about this we're like, just ping pong to everything like, oh i like never got to <laughs> i realized just now yeah i was yeah i was like oh i had a theory about sierra that no, then i just was too excited no, to talk about wait, a million wait, 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 I, do you have a heart out in like 20 minutes or are you good no. okay 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 okay, okay. No. um 
so I, the Erica Jane thing, I think she's playing this season. And I think this is like bad advice, but I can tell Mikey or whoever's like hanging on to her is like telling her like, you know, if we, if we photograph you in front of a KFC, that'll make people sympathetic to you. And you should bring that same attitude into the season and people will feel bad about you and you'll win people's hearts. And I'm like, no, cause Erica Jane has all been about pomp and circumstance. Anyways, I've never felt a real person underneath all of the theatrics. And that's no. why she's kind of like Beverly Hills adjacent because a lot of LA bullshit is fake. Um, but Sorry, I don't even know where I was going with that. It's just really frustrating that I don't think she's going to talk about any of this stuff. Yeah, exactly. And her whole thing has been the presentation of self. Her entire quote-unquote music career is just about presentation. It's not about vocals. It's it's literally about giving them a gag. Um, And so she's so she is like pretty smart with the way that she packages herself. She's incredibly manipulative and shrewd about the way that she presents herself on television. And I don't think for a second, I think even like, Oh, we see her take her makeup off and cry about the situation. That to me will feel also like, Oh, this is her like big Oscar Meryl scene she's like oh I'm gonna sit in front of my vanity that is so opulent and beautiful and I'll take off my makeup and I'll be crying about how much stress this has put me under and how I'm worried about my cop son and like that's I'm not gonna buy that either I just don't trust her she tweeted something a couple weeks ago that was ridiculous it was like NBC Universal the company that you know like but it was like NBC Universal won some award and she wrote like underneath it tagging them of like so happy to be a part of this NBC Universal family and I'm like you are a reality show you are not one of the actors on and you're not one of the actors on NCIS you're not you're you're (laughs) yourself and the thing with Erica you get like she is in a very like um she's she's being fed lines from mikey or something like remember two seasons ago when she had the champagne and she'd be like she was doing like prop comedy where yeah. in the talking heads and i'm like this is so reads so fake to me and i don't know if it's just because i i did high school theater but i was like this right. to me is like high school theater you know yeah she's like still in the mindset of like i'm 17 playing mame and <laughs> isn't that interesting and she's being told and she's being told by the high school audience of like you should go out to hollywood and make it big you're yeah. great like that's that's it i will say i heard she was incredible in chicago and i wish i could have seen her in chicago i think that's a perfect role for her i think it's too apt i think it's scary apt for her um but i heard she really did uh yeah cash in on she seems like she worked hard i knew the tom thing was weird because tom never went out to see it and i know it got closed down early but I mean, yeah, their relationship, I'm sure many more things will come out and he's a lawyer. So she was in it for a long enough time that. Yeah. But if you long enough time, I know they really had a relationship, but at the same time now when he's quote unquote has Alzheimer's all of a sudden after he's been accused of defrauding, like, Oh no, I was saying she was in. Oh, wait. Am I? Yeah, I can hear you now. Yes. Okay, great. Um, No, I was saying she was in Chicago for a long enough time that it is actively weird that he didn't go see it. 
Okay, no, I thought you had meant their their actual marriage. And I was like, oh, okay. Speaking of musical theater, and I know you have a, a theater background. When you hear something like uh, Luke Gulbranson's suit and tie, hair slick back, his acoustic guitar song that he's been working on this season, does it make you, you're, are you, is it like artist to artist where you're like, I see you? Like, how do you feel when you see him in his room practicing? I mean, it's, it's so funny to me. Whenever he sings, it yeah. really brings me so much joy in my heart because it's such a, a specific kind of guy that I just immediately <laughs> recognize and understand. Um, it's so bad. And yet I can't help but be charmed by the trying because I really yes. do think that he is much more himbo than fuckboy. I think the problem with the house right now is that they think that he is smarter than he is. And I'm like, you guys, this is a golden retriever. <laughs> and he's so they're confused like, by all, all of games. the ways like the you interact. Games. They need to do like one of the fun games, like the production needs to make them do IQ tests so they can actually show people that Luke isn't as smart. Like they're like, oh, Luke's just, at, you know, he's a little bit lower than average intelligence. And then I think people would yeah. ease up on him. Like, okay, what did you think of Carl and Kyle like coming at him of like, we're real men. We no longer screw over women. I've trained now. Like really kind of Carl, like his one chink in the armor i think finally showed of like patting himself yeah. on the back for finally treating women right what did you think of that whole scene well first of all luke has never done anything as bad as the things kyle and carl have done at least on the show nothing that luke has no, done yeah. on the no, show or in the off season of the show that we've been told about on the show is anywhere near as bad as the things carl and kyle have done and gotten away with. So I think there's a lot of projecting from Carl and Kyle onto Luke. There's also, I do think Car Carl and Kyle are both pretty smart. And so I also think they're assuming that Luke is as smart as they are. And so they see him as this like puppeteer and he's yeah. simply not that. And so it just felt like a lot of misplaced anger it felt like a lot of them wishing they could yell at who they used to be and maybe if I if I get mad enough at this person for doing behavior adjacent to the bad behavior I used to exhibit then everyone will really give me the pat on the back and the brownie points it's like it's something I feel like we see on social media a lot which ended up in like a lot of people getting the this you treatment where people will be like people will point at someone over there and be like look at the bad thing this person said and a while ago and then it becomes a snowball effect of them the person that pointed the finger people find their old tweets that are bad and it just becomes this like huge snowball thing but it all starts with this desire to show that you are good by saying this other person is bad. And yeah. it put, it's like a, it's like a sophomore freshman thing. It's like a sophomore who's like, I'm a sophomore now I'm no longer a freshman. So fuck you freshman. And everyone else is sort of like, okay, the juniors and seniors is like already out of there. I don't care. Um, but the sophomores are like, Hey, freshman, stupid. Um, it just felt very ridiculous. Carl really like 
I thought he's been like, I mean, I've started making my bed because of Carl. I started drinking water because of Carl. He's really turned it all around and has like rules yeah. to live by. But then like we finally found out what mostly sober means that he has a glass of water after every uh, alcoholic beverage, which is just like hero. Right. Um, but um, this is the monologue. Let's see which monologue you like better. If you were to go back to Tish, would you use this monologue? Carl goes, Luke can't tell his own truth. He's hiding shit. He can't be wrong, dude. I'm 35 years old. I've been playing games for a while, but I will own my story. It's bullshit. I've got destroyed by my entire sexuality, my body parts, my family. Everything has been destroyed, but I'm a real man and I own my shit. But him, he never owns it. That's Carl. What did you think of his speech? That speech was Oh my God. It was Shakespearean. I mean, the fact that we get, we get the ladder of my, my family, my body parts, my, sexuality. my life, like he says it's sexuality. my sexuality. Oh yes. It's yes. Because of the Steven. Yeah. The blow, the blow the job. Steven of it all. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. It's Shakespearean. It's dramatic. And then I think in great dramatic fashion i think kyle's speech is a little more comedic on the comedic side carl actually is scary when he is seriously a good enough orator genuinely to be to like cut really deep and i think that was what we saw with jules last week i think like he's he can be such a mean drunk and when it to see it come out again in this colossal a fashion was wild. Um, you're right. He did because he's been doing one, so well. That one episode last season where he was like, you're out Jules, you know, I don't want you here. You're out. Like, and then Carl, then they, they got to be friends afterwards, but Carl was really mean to Jules last season. And you're right. Carl. Yeah. He was like the instigator of the entire, of what became a house meeting to say, Jules, we don't like you. We don't want you to be here anymore. Uh, please prove to us why you should still be in this house. Um, Cause that, yeah, him at that house party. At what point are you too old for I know. meetings? Like, is it like, I mean, like I was watching, uh, are you follow real world at all? Have you been watching the real world homecoming? Like they've been, I haven't, but I've heard it so great. So good. Um, but like, I just find it funny when they do house meetings and I just think you're like, oh my God, like, are we ever going to be done with house meetings? Like th- at a certain yeah, age. Yeah. It reminds me of the beginning, the beginning of the movie, what we do in the shadows is all of them <laughs> yes. having their house meeting and talking about chores. And that's what summer house feels like to me. It's all of these undead creatures <laughs> just fighting um, about who's taking out the trash. Kyle's monologue is more humorous. He goes, uh, he goes, I tell the females of it all. I mean, he goes, I tell you what I see. You lead girls on son. You needed to feel powerful. I love you, but I don't love your quest for power over females. That's what my problem is. You can't look at yourself in the mirror. You have all the girls weighing in. And I know, I know. Cause I lived that life. Why don't you be real for once in your life? Admit you love controlling females and a man is holding him back. We see his butt crack and like copper tone. Yeah. What is, is that? Is that just, is that a lover boy drunk? Like I've had not had enough lover boy. Like, is that a lover boy Adderall mix? What is, what is coursing through this man's veins? I feel like it's gotta be such a mixture of ingredients. Uh, I feel like there has to be Loverboy. I feel like there has to be Adderall. I 
Look, I don't know. There was a big thread about how like they have to be, they have to be on pasta. Like they have to be on pasta, but I don't want to put like a hard drug on them. But, um, yeah, there's gotta be a, a mixture of a lot of different ingredients to get like that level of rage. I feel, I feel like there's probably a lot of tequila shots, Loverboy tequila shots or vodka shots, whichever, maybe both. Um, oh, oh, also that was after the pub crawl. So they were probably in every different room having different kinds of alcohol and that's just never, and then- never going to be good. Never a good thing. I love a pub crawl. That event looked so much fun it really did Uh, it made me want to redo quarantine with friends yeah yeah Yeah. so what you you i wish i could have done quarantine like this you spent your quarantine doing housewives and all of that stuff where in terms of creativity Mm -hmm. were you able like did you were you able to make use of quarantine at all because like to me and i don't like you're an artist like i mean do you are you constantly what is your process for doing anything like you know like are you constantly riff, riffing through ideas? Like, what do you, how do you go through your day? I know that's a crazy question. Right. <laughs> right. I, well, I do, I've done like self tapes. Once like things started happening, it's a lot of like failed self tapes and yelling at my boyfriend for trying to help me and be like, <laughs> he'll do, he'll be like, I thought on this line, I thought on this line, maybe you could try it. And I would I'll literally be like, I have so many tapes where he says something like that to me and my eyes just go dead. And I'm like, Nico, I'm not getting this. Please just do it again. Please just say the line again. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> like just the hate in my eyes I wish that I could use that for a self-tape because I'm like that's scary she's good for something she's right she killed someone on SVU um <laughs> a lot of self-tapes I think like for a while um at the beginning of quarantine I was so just unmoored and freaked out that I didn't know what to like how to do anything and then there was a period where it felt like I knew people who were finding ways to be really creative and that freaked me out because I was still somewhere else and then finally I was just like I I read um a piece by this playwright Claire Barron, who who did who wrote a, a play called Dance Nation at Playwrights Horizons that I thought was just tremendous, and she had written this piece about how she hadn't written written anything in five years, and she was like coming to peace with that she hadn't written in a while, and she just didn't feel it, and she had to she has to forgive herself for not feeling it in order to move on, and so then I sort of read that and said, okay, like, what can I do? Because I don't feel like I can be creative doing zoom stuff, like doing zoom shows and theater on zoom, like makes me really sad. Again, the Tracy Letts, um, New York times little blurb that he submitted. They asked a bunch of, of like 50 different theater artists, how they've spent this time. And Tracy Letts is just like, I've been depressed and I can't do anything and I don't want to do zoom theater and I haven't written and, and that's okay. Um, but you have to get to the point where you go, okay, that's okay. But I have to find another way to feel fulfillment. And so then it just became about like, okay, what are ways I can get my brain right and try to be less, try, try to be less depressed is such a, (laughs) 
no, such a loaded okay, but thing, like, but to at least, at least try to find um, healthy ways to cope. manage my depression and deal with all of that. And so of course I got a dog the way that most of my friends did. And so that was incredible for giving me structure and forcing me to get up in the morning and go outside and make meals. Cause if I'm making her, her dinner, then I should probably make a meal for myself. And, um, that's been really good. And then once things started like picking up a little bit, like little things here and there, usually with friends that friends will ask me to do like a reading or something, but I've been trying to put less pressure on myself to create things, yeah. especially with social media, as more people, as everyone just started being on social media all the time, as someone that used to be on it and like make videos and stuff, everyone being on it at the same time made it so fraught to me to be there. Cause it just felt like everyone was so, and remains to this day, everyone is like so on edge and so, and seeing something take off is like exciting for a friend, but then there's like a, a moment where something takes off and you're like, Oh no, are they going to get back? It's so, it's just such a stressful thing. And so I also wanted to like step back a little bit from social media. And so now I'm just sort of like, I'm just, just if I have something to say, I'll say it, but otherwise I will just check in on what my friends are saying and then peace out and try to read a book. Wait, what, what area did you grow up in? Uh, Alexandria, Virginia. Yeah. I was trying to explain to uh, the audience multiple times of like how awkward an audition can be, you know, and especially everything is on zoom. And I was teaching classes on zoom in the beginning, you know, and it's, it's just, there's, you know, even in podcast interviews, there's like a lag or you, you know, zoom doesn't work. And the immediacy of being in front of somebody, you kind of have to make do with this, but auditions were already awkward before. It's like the life of an actor is so tough already. And then they were like, Hey, guess what? We're going to make it 30 times tougher. Fuck you guys. Like yeah, people think actors are just glamorous and it's like the acting and my friends I know is just like struggling. It's like deadliest catch where you're just grinding it out, you know? Yeah. 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 And self-taping is just like, it's such a nightmare. Like you do technically have more control over what you're sending in, but that also is so much more anxiety inducing to me. Also slating is a nightmare. Slating is like, you just have to film, you have to film your whole body and they have to like scan your body. And you're just like, I'm Natalie Walker. I'm five foot three. Hands please. Yeah. And you put your hands on the side of your face and I have really large hands. And I always like my, my gremlin in my head always goes you and your stupid fucking big hands. They're going to, you're not, you're never getting this part because of your big hands, dude. They just saw your hands. Like it's already set up against the actor going into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And also with self tapes, like they can't see how you take direction because I have friends that cannot take direction to save their lives. And like, they get so set, they can do like an incredible read, but if you ask them to tweak anything about it, they like can't really do it, yeah. which on some sets is fine and then on some sense I'm like that's gonna be a problem <laughs> if you can't change your line readings um and so that's tough because I love to like be in a room and if they like give me something to play with like that's so fun to me but 
Uh, like getting notes, getting noted is like that, that. That's the thing is that you go to acting class, not so you can be perfect. You go to acting class to almost be able to be able to bend and do different things that different people ask and see how you kind of yeah. perceive the note and then be able to spit it back out, even if you don't agree with it. Um, yeah. Okay. So to, to go back to the things that inspire you seem to be these kind of like really, uh, I mean, I, that Julianne Moore thing, like her performance in Magnolia to me was like next level on so many ways. And I'm sure she's one of my favorite actresses on the planet. Did you see that movie safe that she did? Yes. The Todd Haynes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was so, yeah. I watched, I watched it early quarantine and obviously it was a perfect time to watch it. I think like I had read a, uh, I had read an essay about why that was a perfect thing to watch. And I was like, yeah, I always want to watch Julianne Moore act. I always want to watch her. She's just incredible. Boogie Nights is probably one of my oh. favorite do, movies Philip, of all time. I think it's just do, the best. Philip Seymour Hoffman and Boogie Nights. If you guys, he plays this guy that's like in Scotty and he's in love with Mark Wahlberg's character. And he's not, he's just always there. So like, he's not stealing scenes. Well, he's not trying to steal scenes, but sometimes if you go back and watch that movie and just look in the background of Philip Seymour Hoffman, he's like, his belly's kind of hanging out and he's like eating food and just watching him in the background of scenes. Like I was blown away. And he had that, that one scene of like, I'm a fucking idiot. Stupid, stupid, idiot. idiot. Can I kiss you? Can I kiss? Cause sometimes, I, I think you look at me and like Boogie Nights is and then into Magnolia was like the perfect one-two punt from Paul Thomas Anderson yeah okay I'm, I'm thinking out too much about real stuff back to as we start wrapping up what are your other theories about Summer House what are the other big thoughts that you have when you're when you're you let your mind just go oh, to go back to Sierra yeah. I think a lot of Sierra's behavior right now is because she didn't want to be seen as not a girl's girl. Yeah. I think like yeah. coming in, she's like, I don't have a lot of female friends. And so I think she is trying to align herself with Hannah Page Amanda because they have the numbers on Lindsay and Danielle. And Danielle is sort it becomes sort of Lindsay against everyone because Danielle is sort of hanging back. Danielle is just sort of eating her popcorn and watching everything go down, which I love. I think a lot of people put down Danielle for not like having a lot of storylines and not contributing to a lot of drama, but I love to watch Danielle react. Danielle reacting to Hannah calling Kyle the man in her talking head, where she's just like, Jesus, Jesus Hannah, Christ, and starts Hannah. drinking. <laughs> I was like, Danielle? queen also i love seeing her have her curly hair this season like danielle just seems so comfortable in herself and like she doesn't have to be going after a guy in the house because like the jordan thing felt forced it felt like danielle wasn't into jordan ever in season three but she was like i guess i should try and hook up with the new guy so that i can make sure that i stay here next season um Hannah and Des, uh, Hannah announcing that her wedding to Des is going to be August of this year. Yeah. Is so funny to me. It's so transparently like, don't you want both of us to be in the summer house, bravo, so that you can see our wedding unfold? And I'm like, I absolutely don't. I hate <laughs> seeing weddings on Bravo. If I'm, unless I'm like actively invested in both parties, I really don't want to see weddings. 
on Bravo. I just don't care about yeah. it. Um, I don't want to see, and, and also well, see like unless Mary it's Renewal. like a super spreader event. <laughs> um, yeah, vow renewals. No, unless it's a super spreader event or it's Jackson Brittany. But even with Jackson Brittany, the fact that they had so many lead up events by the time we got to the wedding, I was like, I'm bored. I don't even care that we can see Jack's cutting up lines. Yeah, yeah, by the way, he was he's so coked out at that party. He like, Lance Bass, yeah. is, I'm dancing with Lance. Oh my God. Um, they made that, yeah, they made it like five episodes. It was so, it, it dragged out longer than quarantine did. Like I felt like, I felt yeah. quarantine when I would, cause it was on during quarantine. And I remember- that was always my go-to happy show. And then I would watch it and I would feel so empty and dark. And I was like, we all know the person Jax is inside. Like Jax cannot, you, you know, you can only change so much. So he's doing a role right now of, and have you noticed how he's already calling himself a father, even though the baby's not out? Also the way that he talks about the show, like he is, he like, he's another he's an one that talks about the show. Like he is an actor on it. And I'm like, no, you're, <laughs> He's like the You're one season monster. they tried to make You're... me gay. The one season, I just got too old, you know. Like I'm just, I'm just too mature for some of the stuff they were trying to get me to do. And I'm like, this isn't an improv show, dude. Yeah. It um, thrilled me seeing Charlie drag him to hell and back at that reunion. That was incredible. I love Charlie. See, that's what would you would you be supportive of another season of Vanderpump Rules? I mean, I know it can't really establish the the magic <laughs> they initially had. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know what cast configuration would make it feel like Vanderpump rules to me. Um, but also like not have the people that I hate on. I'm <laughs> like, I don't want to see Jax anymore. I don't want to see Walt inhale Brittany anymore. I, <laughs> I don't want to see, I don't want to see Stassi and Bo. I don't, I, I do see, like do Tom, Tom and Ariana. And Tom and Ariana are cool, but you need crazy people around. I love oh. Sandoval's passion. Sandoval's passion is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I, problematically, I think I love Schwartz and Katie. I, yeah. and I know, I don't think that they have a good marriage, but I like, well, he, unfortunately. Admitted, I've never seen a couple that's Tom's happy to admit. Tom's works on me he's very charming. Like I once lost my credit card at Tom, Tom and I went in and I was like, Hey, I'm just looking for my credit card. And everybody was working and was busy except for Schwartz. And Schwartz was like, I'll go look for it. I don't got nothing to do. And he was just so darn nice about it. And I, and the card wasn't there. And I go, Oh, it's all right. I didn't. And he goes, I lose my cards every week, man. And I'm like, I know you do. I, that's very Schwartz, you know? Yeah. That sounds like you. Oh my God. I would watch, I would watch, honestly, I would watch a Tom Tom Vanderpump rules. Like if it weren't at Sir, if it weren't like ostensibly being at Sir, I don't want to see Dana again. Um, Do you know she's, um, she said she's not coming back. So she already said that she's not coming back. So supposedly like the cast members that are held right now, like under a holding deal are Tom and Ariana, DJ James Kennedy and Raquel. Uh, I don't know about Danica. I believe. Charlie. Oh, I kind of loved Raquel. I really yeah. loved Raquel she by really the end of last season. Herself. Yeah. Yeah. She just became like, she became a totally unique beast to me by the end of last season because i her voice she was starting to find like her actually dropped she had this quavering voice and then she started dropping into her voice in scenes and i was like that's taking ownership of herself and 
putting James to the test. And I was like, all right, Raquel, but still like looking like a beautiful Bambi in the woods. Like, yeah. Um, oh my God, Lala. Yeah, what's your, your a pregnancy pact? Like everybody's pregnant. Lala just gave birth and she already- that photo of Lala after giving birth, I really had to look up her age again. And I was like, that girl is 31. That's so upsetting to it's me. Like the Emily Rodzikowski girl too, that already posted a, a after pregnancy photo. And it was just like, yes. she already had abs. Yes. And I was like, this is crazy. Right. But Lala's, but Lala's brows, Lala's brow and lip filler situation. It's just so scary to me that she's like wearing no makeup in that photo and the surgery has just made her I was like oh wow this like 48 year old housewife like through a feat of science did this with her body I can't believe it because I remember Lala's first season on Vanderpump Rules which again I seeing her seeing her uh surgical evolution compressed in like two weeks was wild her first season she's like one of the most beautiful people like sierra level of just like her first season i was like this woman is so gorgeous i cannot stop watching her she is the hottest person like of course everyone hates her she's so hot and to see her just become what she has become at 31 i'm like babe you're two years older than Alexa Demi. <laughs> like, yeah, well, then Alexa yeah, Demi can play high school convincingly. And what if Lala, what if Lala, goes on, Lala does go on Euphoria. to Euphoria on the second season? And yeah, she's like she's a yeah, dark she plays at the high someone's school. great aunt. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so the Randall had his Randall Emmett, Lala's uh, betrothed, uh, had his 50th birthday and they actually had like a full 50th birthday party for him, which is just wild. Cause they just had their baby a week ago. And Randall did some like kiss ass post to Lala of like, thank you to my beautiful wife and lioness mother for joining me for an hour of time that I know you didn't have being the busiest, best mother in the world, you know? And it's like, why are we doing a 50th huge party when you're just like a week out of birth? Lala comes, but it's like, did you, I, I have been sent a lot of articles that allegedly Rand um, enjoys being the sugar daddy kind of type. And I know that's right. not too crazy because of how him and Lala met, but um, right. why would you like, would you be totally down with like Randall just like a week after giving birth, like having a 50th birthday party where you're only- again, there's something missing in randall yeah the fact that turtle and entourage is based on randall gives me so much insight into him because i'm like oh you didn't have birthday parties that people came to growing up and so now birthdays are so important to you because now you've bought a host of hot younger cooler people who are willing to indulge you because you're like, hey, it's all on me, guys. I'm I'm rich now and I can pay for all of this stuff. And so like, we come over and we'll have a big party and all of these things will be there. And so I think he, he's like really trying to redo a youth that I don't think was great for him. And even if like being the turtle of entourage, even if he did have cool friends, 
like no one was going to show up to his birthday party and be like, Randall, you're the man. Everyone would sh- probably show up to his birthday party and be like, oh, Randall, you fucking idiot. And yeah, so now he's like, oh, I can surround, I can buy a bunch of people who will come around and go, oh, Randall, you're the best. Yes, my fantasy, uh, like of when I was a kid, of like there was this movie like Teen Wolf, like Teen Wolf, and like Michael J. Fox wolfed out, and then everybody was like they would always lift him on their shoulders and be like, yeah. And I was like, I always wanted that birthday party where eventually I get lifted up and cheered. Right. And Randall has paid to have a bunch of people cheering around him. Can you believe the love affair that Jack's and him are having? Jack's uh, Jack's really publicly tells Randall he loves him every day on social media. All the time. Yeah. Jax wants that PJ. Jax will do BJ for, for PJ. Absolutely. There's really, Jax and He's, Lola are from the same, cut from the same cloth. Yeah. Yeah. Like absolute narcissistic social climber, star fuckers, insanity. I once was um, teaching at an acting studio a couple of years ago and um, Randall came in to speak to the class and all the classes came in to hear him speak. So you had like 70 actors in a room and I'm like, he's there, his buddy's there and Lala's with him. I'm like one of the only people that's like, <laughs> I'm freaking out because it's Randall and Lala and he's wearing like Versace, Versace shoes and Versace, uh, socks. And they had just gotten back from Sundance and Lala's sitting to the side of him and but Lala will keep like uh, she, she kept like butting in of like, tell him about the time with Wesley Snipes, you know, and stuff like that. And but he won over the whole room by doing this. He goes, hey, we're going to pass a sheet around. Everybody put their name and their phone number. My casting director will be getting in touch with every one of you. I will be giving each one of you an audition for one of my coming films. And he did that out of the gate. So you already like, so everybody was like already like Randall, Randall. Yeah. That makes so much sense to me that he can just go into a room and be like, what bargaining chip do I have that will get these people to listen to me and think I am cool. Yeah. And to go into to go into a room of a bunch of acting students and be like, I'm gonna let I'm gonna get you to audition for a movie. Oh my god, if that had happened when I was at Adler, I would have freaking started crying on the floor. Oh and then god. like one of my teachers who hated me would have been like, get up, you're not getting it. <laughs> like, okay. I, was, I just remember in college theater, I had to wear a dance belt every day. And I got to a point where I was just I would get out of my apartment in the day. I was just like, I didn't care. And I walked, I would walk by a like a middle school in my dance belt outfit. And I would always get made fun of by the middle schoolers. And it was just like one of those, there's so much, really, people really try to shame you as an actor over the course of a lifetime. Um, Do you ever see any of the New York Housewives? And often they succeed. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see any of the New York Housewives ever walking around New York? Have you ever bumped into Ramona Singer? Oh my God, have I? I I feel like I have to be forgetting something major because I do feel that I have had a run in, but maybe that's just something that they feel so present and alive to me uh, all the time. Um, my, my friend Chris did audition to be part of Luann's Cabaret. show. He auditioned to be... Yeah, he auditioned to be one of the stand-up comics for her and he was featured on the show and they laughed very heartily at his joke. But I think she like wanted women comedians in the end. She said she was going with like a strong, strong female group 
but he was like he was great on the show and then he went on to write recaps of potomac and atlanta for vulture for a while oh so it was like you're you're pedigreed you're pedigreed chris murphy incredible recaps if you guys haven't read his recaps for vulture he just left because they uh vanity fair freaking poached him but um oh he wrote some truly gorgeous gorgeous recaps for vulture of of both potomac and atlanta and potomac he was there for the the height of the drama and i felt gave very measured takes uh with nuance and he's very smart and great i'm Um, trying to think Brian Moylan was another guy that used to write for Vulture a long time ago and was he came on another guy that really like I always admire the people that can do like with the written word what I take like three hours in a podcast to do is that they really just like <laughs> kind of cut through it and they have humor and pathos and all that stuff and that's what I love like I never I, I keep talking about like leaning into the things that you love and I never this is the one thing where it's like I used to be made fun of for the shows I liked from my like friends and stuff like that. And I would really always go and talk to my friends, girlfriends about these shows rather than my friends. But it's like you get older, you're like, this stuff works. This stuff is art, I think, you know? Yes. It's so compelling. I like had an entire there was one point over the summer I did one thing I did with uh, my creative energy was that I over the summer, I did a lot of like ask me anything on Instagram. And I did one that was just like, ask me anything about housewives, about the in-season housewives, anything you want. And someone ended up asking me like, why should anyone watch the housewives? And I went on like a whole journey of just like, A, like schadenfreude. I think it's like so needed in our society and our like current climate to look at a bunch of rich people that are stupid (laughs) to like demystify wealth is I think really nice to sort of look at how the other half lives quote unquote and be like oh they're a lot of them are morally bankrupt and dumb and also suffering like to also see them like go through stupid horrible bullshit and be like I think when these shows started, they wanted it to be a little more aspirational. And then it became like, oh, we're seeing like the dark underbelly of abject wealth. (laughs) That's thrilling. Also, like it becomes Shakespearean. There are like elements of Shakespeare all throughout the housewives. Well, okay. Think about this. What about Paige kind of being uh, in Summer House, kind of like Paige and Hannah together are kind of like Iago. And like, they're oh, like whispering absolutely. in like, like a bunch of people, like the whole house is kind of Othello where they're getting in ears and then they're just kind of yeah. letting people, then they're just like, oh, we didn't do anything. We just said something. The the playing dumb about the fact that it's a psychic, the fact that they never are upfront with people about the fact that it's a psychic, which again <laughs> is why I love Danielle, especially this season that Danielle was the only one that was like, are we really fighting about something a psychic said? Because that's where Lindsay lost like Lindsay the second you hear that it's a psychic be like you heard it from a psychic that's so dumb but instead Lindsay decides to let this yeah the fact that Lindsay decides to let this activate her and also said the immortal and insane line like we're all getting dms from instagram psychics all the time what is this what giggly is this giggly squad is this giggly squad giggly squad we're all getting dms from instagram psychics like (laughs) no just say the second 
the phrase Instagram psychic is uttered. You have to just stand there, just stand there and don't talk for like 15 seconds and just be like an Instagram psychic. Like just let it sink in. But Lindsay will never do that. And that's why she's phenomenal television. Lindsay will never take the second to go. No, Lindsay will always just go on vibes and fuel. Yeah, you know who I am. Yes, we know you're Lindsay Hubbard. Sit down. I always wonder about the cameraman of these shows. Like, do they have to protect? Like, like are they allowed to? Like, are they told like, do not laugh, no matter how ridiculous the things that are being said. You can never crack a smile. Yeah. Because in that they, psychic thing, I would have, I, I would have like, I, when I first heard it, I went, yeah, and like I did a spit take. Like, I wonder if like crew guys are like, that's insane. I, I really do have to wonder. They must be like the greatest deadpan performers. Like, get the cameraman on SNL; they'll never break. I wonder because if that's you PTSD. never hear, you never hear them PTSD. laughing. Yeah, that's such a good question. I wonder if a cameraman has ever started openly laughing at one of the housewives or Bravo liberties. Well, I mean, you said like that, would, that would be so funny and the dark underbelly. And we saw that today with Jen Shaw doing a perp walk, you know, like that's where this lifestyle kind of leads. I don't even know if I believe in real wealth anymore at all. It seems like it's always leading to all nefarious or lies or anything. Yeah. Um, before we uh, leave, you also said you kind of dipped a small toe into Real Housewives of Dallas and you you met Deandra's shaman, which speaking of psychics, yes. I love that the housewives really support the, um, the, the mystics, you know, like a lot of mystical things and they're. Yes. And often in, in, in lieu of therapy, they, they love to have a life coach or a spiritual yes. advisor as opposed to an actual therapist. Um, that could help them. And I don't trust most of the therapists that go on Bravo. Like I would love to hear about a housewife that's like, I am in therapy. Uh, She refuses to be filmed. And then I would say, yes, that's good. Correct. She's doing a good job. He or she or they, whoever has the degree and is licensed to provide you with the help that all of you very much need. Um, but that's why these yeah, shows are great the, is that we get to see shamans. We get to see a shaman on a yes. show, and there's not—I got to tell you guys—there's not a lot of shamans on shows anymore. So this is like for the shaman community. This has got to be huge. And he was blowing stuff into Deandra Simmons's nose. Shaman always, always leads to an iconic, an iconic moment. Well, I mean, I just, I really wonder like how much business these shamans and psychics get from being on the show. Like, is it a windfall or is it like, we got two clients from this. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, the iconic psychic of all time is Alison Dubois. I mean, Alison Dubois is one of the all time greatest sequences in Bravo history. I think that kind of status, the status she had with the, the e-cigarette before e-cigarettes were even a thing. Even she invented the e-cig. She really did. The the cavalier way she said some of the meanest things I've ever heard. Uh, absolutely incredible. I think after that, she said like she was sort of shunned after that yeah. appearance. But yeah. I mean, it's worth it. I mean, she already had her medium tv show money by that yeah, point guys, i assume if, so. you if you don't remember allison dubois was what patricia arquette's character medium on nbc was based off of and i actually did 
I was poking around the internet as I do. And I saw her website and she does like before coronavirus, she was doing like full weekends in like Scottsdale, Arizona and things where you could like pay like $3,000 to spend a weekend with her doing like, you know, past life regression work and stuff like that. And it just, it's, it's fascinating. Um, I need to do that. That's what I'm going to do with my stimulus check. Once we, once I'm vaccinated, Alison Dubois, here I come. Tell me something. I'm going to get cameos. What if I spent $1,200 in cameos? Yeah. Avery Singer will be right back with you. Avery, will you yell at me on cameo? Um, Natalie Walker, thank you so much. This was like, you really are uh, we're, we're one of my dream guests. Like, th thank you so much for being nice when I uh, reach out to you. Thank you for being so brilliant. Thank you for inspiring me, even when you're not inspired. Uh, you just really are. And I was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect because I was like, is this going to be like a Marina Abramovich? Like a, like a really like deep artist? Because I really think of you as an artist. No. So I was very, <laughs> I'm so happy to, to know that. No, uh, absolute no, bravo was, idiot. Genius. What do you mean? This is geniuses. <laughs> um, how do we support you? Do you, do you have a Patreon? Do you do anything? How, what kind I do of not. I, yeah, just anyone can follow me at NWOX on Twitter and Instagram if they are so inclined. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, she really is like, it's, it really, her Twitter and her Instagram always brightens my day. And I, that sounds like a, that's a horrible sentence, but it's just, she's really great. And also she's one of those people to watch. Like I have no doubt, you know, and that's really horrible to hear. I know because <laughs> anything can happen, but really it's one of those people that when I saw her show up on, Super I could Party, be arrested. I I could be arrested for Guys, fraud tomorrow. Remember, remember when, but yeah, I'm not going to make that joke. But anyways, she is one to watch and she knows her shit about Bravo. So we will always support. Thank you so much. This has been an absolute Bye. joy. Yep. I, it knows. It doesn't want me to leave.
Batches.